Welcome to Relationships at Work, the Emerging Leader's Guide to Creating a Workplace We Love. I'm your host, Russell Lolliker, communications nerd, leadership nerd, and I'm a curiosity nerd. Because curiosity is really what fuels me and fuels this show in understanding how we can make the workplace a better one for the employee experience, for leadership, and this show is a great resource to help us with that. Every week on the show, I talk with local or global leaders on topics that are there to help us improve the workplace. We've tackled topics like imposter syndrome, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, activism, burnout. So many topics all available for you. Just head over to Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And now as an added bonus, I'm sharing an additional episode pulled from the pages of our weekly Raw Note, which, by the way, you can still subscribe to. It's just a quick and valuable bit of information on top of our regular show, considered a Minnesota. Min- sounds like it's from Minnesota. No, no, a mini dash sewed. There, that works. So the raw note I'm passing on to you this week is called Aftertaste. So emotional. I love when phrases hit mm, so perfectly. Emotional aftertaste. This phrase came out as sort of a throwaway remark in my conversation uh, months and months ago with one of my favorite workplace ambassadors, Amber Nasland. We were talking about all things imposter syndrome when she said, I I try really hard to make sure that I'm always leading my relationships at work with how I show up for people as a human first. Our job is secondary and jobs change, jobs come, jobs go. You're expendable no matter how much you want to believe it you know, at the end of the day. And so the only thing that I can really impact is the emotional aftertaste I leave with people. Did I leave them feeling like I actually genuinely care about their well-being? And if you want your relationships at work to thrive, start there because it always, always, always pays off. And bam, emotional aftertaste just stuck out, stuck like a thumb, stuck like a thorn, stuck like a thing you can't avoid. And it's been marinating with me for a long time. It is such a great and simple term for that lasting effect interactions have on people at work. How words, actions, interactions, inactions, they leave a residue, an echo, an aftertaste that lingers sometimes long after the event has happened. And for a long time, I think I've mentioned on the show, now 70 plus episodes in, that when I I start every show with what was your best or worst employee experience as a question that I pose to my guest. Now, if my guest is up for sharing a more negative story, it's always from really back early in their career when they were in their teens or early 20s. So these impacts can last and stay for decades for people. I've heard recounts of the horrible impression a senior leader gave when they talked over their staff at an all-staff meeting three years after it happened. Three years. That's a bad emotional aftertaste that just lingered and stayed even after other experiences and other leadership impressions had, had been there over time. But it just wouldn't wash out. It just wouldn't go away. It's a great reminder that what we do What we do matters, and that every action doesn't just impact our environment, but has impacts on those around us, even if we don't realize it. But it can be flipped, too. And I I don't think that is maybe mentioned enough. Like, take a minute. Think about the best teacher you ever had, whether it was in elementary school, high school, college, university. Marinate in it a bit. Think on it a bit. Did your 
Did your lip curl a bit when you smiled thinking about the best teacher you've ever had? Think about the best manager you've had, best leader at work. When they recognized your value for that first time. Think of the feelings that brings up. That matters. That's the effect we have on others too as leaders. We hold a lot of power and influence. And what we do with it demonstrates how good or bad of a leader we actually are. I know you're probably sick of me saying this, but this is where those superpowers of self-awareness and situational awareness really kick in. So take a minute and look at each one of those in relation to how we impact others. First off, self-awareness, right? Understanding ourselves, knowing ourselves. Well, the first thing we can do is we can reflect on our interactions. The interactions we have with colleagues, our direct supervisors, our staff, our C-suite. Think about the words, the tone of voice you use, your body language, the actions, and how they might have an impact. Second, look for feedback. The best way we can know ourselves is understanding how others see us. Get their perspectives on how our behavior impacts them. And make sure you're open to constructive criticism because it's not all going to be good. This can really help us identify our blind spots and make those necessary adjustments. And last around the self-awareness thing, try to manage your emotions. You have to understand them. You have to recognize them. But then be aware of them so you can regulate them more appropriately because every situation is kind of different at work. So you need to regulate them because if you can manage your emotions in a way that supports positive interactions and relationships, that's nothing but a good thing. Okay, on to situational awareness. This is more data gathering. Number one, observe and listen. Pay close attention to how your behavior, verbal, nonverbal cues, your communication to others in various work situations Look at all of it and see how it's received by the other person. This will help you gather that information and understand how you're impacting them. Also, adapt to different contexts. I just kind of mentioned that it's always different in different situations, different environments, different colleagues. They all call for different approaches. So you might want to consciously try to adapt your own behavior and communication style based on the context and the individuals involved. Not every situation demands the same response. And also make sure you consider cultural differences, power dynamics, and the unique needs of a particular situation. And last but not least around situational awareness, anticipate the consequences of your inactions, actions, feelings, reactions, all of it. And try to develop the ability to anticipate the potential consequences of those actions. Consider how your decisions, your statements might impact others short-term and, and even long-term, actually. It'll help you make more informed choices and minimize our negative impacts on those colleagues. We are very powerful individuals. And we have a very big impact on those around us. So we, we all need to consider that emotional aftertaste. Again, thank you, Amber, for that. Because we leave that in the hearts and minds every day with those we interact with. And that right there is also our contribution to the culture that we're trying to create, perpetuate, foster, and grow. For good or for bad. Emotional aftertaste. Such a good one. 
And that will do it for another episode of Relationships at Work, the Raw Note version. My name is Russell Olicker. Thank you so much for joining me uh, for a quick and snappy one. Uh, if you get a moment, if you like something that's a little different, check out our YouTube channel. It launched very recently, uh, and every Friday we drop a new episode, so you get to see some smiling faces, drop some pretty meaty knowledge around mindset and tactics around how we can improve leadership, workplace cultures, and employee experiences. So yeah, just go to Relationships at Work on YouTube and there you'll see my head talking about things. You have a great day.